Hey, what's up? Today we are going to be talking with Spinch, the guitarist from Left to Suffer, a super heavy band that's really popping off right now from Atlanta, Georgia. And they're out on tour right now with Traders, and they're out there killing it. And so we're just talking about them going on tour and their recent coming of uh, success and what got them there. And so really, if you listen to this conversation and you're in a band, they they really did a lot of things right and had a lot of things go right by putting themselves in the right position. And so they're the band to look forward to in the modern deathcore scene, in my opinion. And so we talk about all of their uh, coming up right now. And uh, definitely a really good conversation, a really good Southern boy. And before we get into it, I want to ask you to leave a five-star review, whatever you're listening on, and make sure you follow on Spotify so you get notified anytime that I upload a new podcast. And I appreciate you guys being here, and let's get into this episode. You're listening to the Burn This World podcast. All right, we are here today with Spinch from Left to Suffer. How are you doing today? What up, what up? I'm doing very well. How are you? <laughs> Good. So you're in the van right now. You're out on tour with uh, Traders. And so where, where are you heading to currently? Well, currently, we have an off day, but we are on our way to make it out to Texas. We got our first day out there in uh, San Antonio. Heck yeah. And is it is it a drive day or just off day? It's it's a drive day. It's a good about a twelve hour drive. <laughs> so we're we're trekking that. Yeah. Uh, a couple of the other bands went ahead last night and they knocked out a good portion of it. But we were tired, man. Uh, Arizona whooped our ass. It was so hot in that venue. Definitely. We had to, yeah, we were wore out. <laughs> <laughs> drive days are one of the worst because you're just like, hey, booking agent, why? You know why? Why? <laughs> why do you do this to us? Couldn't <laughs> have been one more in there, right? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, uh, so you guys are from Atlanta. Yes, we are. Yeah. Absolutely. So, have you played Texas yet? Yeah, we've uh, played Houston and Austin a couple of times. Actually, we played Corpus Christi. Um, we've had a headliner there in Austin and uh, Corpus, and they went pretty well. Uh, the Body Snatcher tour that we did, we played Houston, and that uh, was an interesting night. My <laughs> wireless kept going in and out, and so I was literally like leaning on the wall, just upset and pissed because oh, you yeah. didn't hear me, and our sound just kept messing up, and we kept getting weird reverb, and sound guy at the venue just couldn't figure out any of the answers to any of the problems. And was it at no Secret was Group? a very good time. Um, no, I think that was like, actually, yeah, no, it was Secret Group. Yep, you're right. Yeah, it sounded about like Secret Group. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, which we played there, but we played a show there before, uh, which was, like I said, a headliner that we did. It was just kind of like a one-off thing. Our first time dipping our toes in uh, Texas, uh, we wanted to do a little headliner run, and we went out there, and uh, it went great. We didn't have any problems, and we had kids throwing down. I mean, don't get me wrong, they still came out, and threw down and seemed to have a good time given all the problems but uh right yeah it, and it was hard it was hard for me to have a good time <laughs> <I> could, 
and that's one and thing like the crowd could just pop off not even realize any or more than likely doesn't realize anything going on in the in those people's minds on stage but while you're on stage there's so much crap going through your head that the small the smallest thing could ruin your night absolutely <laughs> <And> like <laughs> i've had that a million times i'm just up there raging at like the monitor mix guy and i'm just like i need to just keep uh-huh. doing this but <laughs> yeah it's like you you know you have to kind of put it aside and just go in the moment and do the thing but it's like you're so in your head because i think at that point in the tour, I had also like broken the strap button on my guitar. Oh. <laughs> so I couldn't throw down without it like ripping back out. Yeah. So it's not like I could at least like mime it and just keep going. I was just like sitting there posted on the wall so my guitar didn't break anymore. <laughs> just like, man. You're like, well, I, I guess do? I'll just go sit backstage and, you know, have a fan <laughs> right. on me or something. <laughs> right. And it was there was a lot of interference with the yeah. uh, with our wireless. They were cross uh-huh. Uh, their pads and like cutting each other out so it, I mean, it was it was yeah it was real interesting it was a uh, not a great time but <laughs> it's still people like i said people uh threw down right it seemed like everyone still had a good time houston always shows us a lot of love yeah and so my my experience with left to suffer so far we played a show with you guys and with with ginger in atlanta mm-hmm. and um i didn't I, obviously it's very rare that i uh, am in the venue to check out uh openers a lot of times but i i was passing through and my wife was on tour with us then and we we saw you guys and uh my wife loved it and she was like that's what a metal band is supposed to look like <laughs> that's awesome yeah <laughs> And I agree. I mean, I love it. Y'all are some big dudes. You're up there. You're long hair. You're just getting it like like a band is supposed to, really. <laughs> well, thank y'all. We really appreciate that. I mean, that's the thing. We, uh, you know, we're some hairy boys, for yeah. sure. Like, <laughs> if we get that comment, I feel like on every post, uh-huh. like, wow, that's a lot of hair because <laughs> you'll just see the wave of like blonde hair off of one of us. I miss in, that in though. <laughs> I really do. I, I, I wish more metal bands looked more metal, you know? <laughs> Hell yeah, man. I mean, it definitely is an aesthetic and it's, um, I don't know if it's necessarily something we ever consciously sat down and talked about. It's just <laughs> kind of what vibed with all of us and kind of how we all look. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, we love it. My wife loved it. Even uh, still, like, she she has not even listened to y'all's music, but she still very specifically remembers you guys. So it's that like, awesome. well, yeah. I mean, we must have made a decent enough impression. And that's, yeah. Uh, that feels good. That's well, she awesome. loved it, too, because y'all are, y'all are very, very heavy. Um, and... Mm-hmm. Definitely stuff that's written for the crowd, I feel. Um, Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, the way you absorb it live is completely different than just sitting there and listening to it. You listen to it, and you're like, all right, this is Breakdown Central. That's cool. <laughs> but when you're uh, seeing it live, you know, you're like, should I get in the pit? Right. I feel like I have to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I love that too. It's um that's that's my favorite type of stuff, the stuff that really gets moving. I don't listen to metal much, but to me the point of metal is the live scenario, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, Absolutely. it's it's the entire point of it. And so when you guys are writing your stuff, are you in are you intentionally writing in mind with the live show? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh I guess getting into a little bit of the backstory of left to suffer and how we started off and stuff like that kind of comes down to that. Um, we all used to be a different band. Actually, it was called lost at last. 
And we had um, a couple of songs. Actually, it was like a whole EP's worth of stuff where it was just super focused around what we wanted to write and like what we thought flowed rather than like what's going to get the audience moving. And it's like it's got it had a lot of good parts, but all in all, it was just it, it just wasn't what it needed to be. And we ended up writing one song where we were like, you know what, let's let's do this with like the intention of making like a sick ass song that might go on something like slam worldwide or something like yeah. that, you know, super, super heavy. And we ended up writing burden and we had that one. And it was about that time that, uh, Taylor and Pete had met our, who's our manager now, Jeff, he was working for the masquerade and they, uh, talked to him and he showed a little bit of interest in us being a band and they showed him the new song burden. He's like, well, why don't all your songs sound like this? <laughs> <laughs> like, well, we're, we're just now kind of getting into that. And, um, and that was, that was really like the shifting point of like making it not just about like, Oh, these are some stupid fun riffs to play, but like, this is what's going to like make the crowd move. This is what's going to like, it leads up to something. It's, uh, going in and out of the swell of leading into breakdowns coming out of them, you know, into riffs, um, try to keep that very conscious and in mind. And that's, uh, we had our first real meeting with Jeff at a uh, burger joint in Atlanta. I, I wish I could remember the place, but, uh, he sat us down. He's like, you know, if y'all were going to move forward, I think this is the kind of sound y'all should keep going with. Uh, all the other stuff just really isn't cutting it. And I'm like, yeah, we agree. And they're we, he was like, and also y'all's name doesn't really match what y'all uh, sound like. Have y'all ever thought about changing it? And it was funny because maybe a month before we had literally had a conversation about how hard it is to brand as that name lost at last because there was like a band from the 90s in the UK. There's like a South African like uh, trance, like uh, ambient sounding group. Uh, so, you know, it was like already other groups. And even though it, they weren't in the u.s it, it just made it really hard to get the stuff out there and like he said it didn't really represent what the music felt like so we took that time to come up with a name we came up with left to suffer and that happened to have never been used by anybody on spotify and made it incredibly easy to brand and market yeah it's a perfect name for the style and it's a really easy to remember name too um right and then also even in the realm of this type of music, I feel like there's too many bands that are um, a single word with an S, you know, it's like, uh -huh. it's very yeah. standard. And y'all's name is uh, kind of a, a more nostalgic sounding name, but again, something right. that is you know, different what, enough. What, what's kind of funny is like, we were talking about how like all the bands from like maybe the 08 era have like three words, so uh -huh. that, you know, like after the burial and stuff like that. Exactly. And that's like, we're like, what, what flows? And that kind of led to that. Yeah, and I think it it really is a perfect name, and it's good that the manager, you know, thought about that because the name is such a big aspect to this stuff. Um, like, I mean, my mm -hmm. my band name is the biggest regret of my life, uh, and mm -hmm. it's just it's hard to get past. And so, uh, left to suffer is a perfect name for the style, and also it's like it's a it's something you could just brand, put that straight up on a t shirt, and people are gonna wear it. You know. Right, right. Um, I, I feel like it's also a little ambiguous. Like it does, of course, scream heavy, but you that could be uh, multiple brands of heavy. It could be like the super like 
slasher gory heavy it could yeah. be like emotionally introspectively heavy it could be like just yeah. pissed off heavy which that's what it is but you know <laughs> it, could, uh, it could be multiple things yeah that yeah literally is perfect it covers all bases so if y'all want to be emo it's like right there yeah right exactly <laughs> yeah <laughs> no uh we had a couple of funny names that were almost the band name like one of them was no hope and we ended up making a song after that but that was our thing we're like man that does kind of sound like we might be like a e-boy just like that band <laughs> like we just sound sad like uh-huh. there's no hope what are we gonna do uh-huh yeah like, it, it's <laughs> tough man it really it's one of the hardest things and it's also one of the things that gets um overlooked especially i mean how long were you guys a band before you um had this kind of take off moment um for for us uh turning into left to suffer from the old band yeah yeah, we were uh, probably a band already for about three, uh, three and a half years or so. We were doing a lot, and um, maybe maybe only like two and a half. Yeah, but I mean, we were already doing a lot. Like I said, we had uh, written an entire EP, and we had a new single, and we had also had an old demo with a different vocalist who we ended up replacing with Taylor. And that's where things like started getting more serious and we started doing a lot more than we had recruited Christian. So, yeah. I mean, it was like a slow process to becoming what it was, but that was about two and a half to three years. Okay. And, uh, and I remember distinctly, you know, Jeff, uh, we had just hit like, I think 4,000 Facebook likes. And I had this weird in my mind that all the real bands that are doing it local have at least 4,000 Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Now we're a real band. Like now <laughs> I can say I'm a musician now. Like I don't know. It was like a weird mental thing I had about it. And so when he brought up, you know, rebranding and everything, I was almost like skittish to it. Like I didn't want to because I'm like, what about the four thousand? He was like, Oh, do you care about the four thousand or the potential forty thousand? And I was like, Oh shit. Oh man. <laughs> How you, many uh, are you guys up to now? Um I mean, on our socials, uh, we're sitting about 21 to 22,000, I think, both Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, right around 31,000 monthly, like, followers. Yeah. uh, On Spotify and around 120,000 monthly listens. So it was worth it. (laughs) Brand name. Yeah, so I mean, uh, 700, so... It he, he might have been right. He might have been. <laughs> Jeff might have known what he was talking. About. Definitely. And so, uh, currently, are you guys unsigned? Uh, currently, yes, we are not signed. Are you Are you planning on staying independent? Um, we actually do have something in the works that is going to be a little uh, like adventure in a sense. It's um, we're going to do a three song release with somebody and I don't know how much I can really yeah, put out there. Of course. You know, for sure. But this is uh that three song release that we're gonna be going for in the summer of this this summer is gonna be our first time ever where we don't own a hundred percent of yeah. everything that we've done. But it's also gonna give us a chance to work with some pretty reputable names that we're incredibly stoked with, you know, so far, just like in the process of sending stuff back and forth and working throughout some courses and stuff like that it's already been uh kind of amazing like what we've what products we've been able to get together or make 
not even be physically together. So when we take it to the studio in the summer, I'm very excited. And it just like, can't wait for what's going to happen. But like I said, I don't know how much I can really. Yeah. But that, that's detail. cool that it's only, uh, so it's, is it basically like a test? So you're only doing three songs, so you're not locked in. So it's like three singles. Yeah, no, they were, they have, they were very, very, uh, with work with us and make it so that it's just this, you know, it doesn't have to be future releases and stuff like that. But, if it ends up being something that we're both happy with and we'll move forward from there. Yeah. You know? That's awesome. That's, that's really how it should be a lot of times. So you I'm, kind of test the waters. Right. And it's, uh, I feel like a lot of the time it's not, you know, a lot of the time we've had people try to offer us deals for like 10, 15 K for uh, an album, uh-huh. you know, and we've made more than that off of our first album, you yeah. know, that we put out a year of suffering through all of our, self for uh promotion and yeah. everything you know it didn't come in one lump sum but we've made more than that so yeah it, 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 it we really weren't looking for anything in particular we were just kind of seeing what came to us and this was one that came to us and seemed pretty pretty uh pretty amazing and jeff uh really worked in and got in there to make it about the best deal that could have possibly ask for yeah for sure and it's it's nice that all this is happening and you're just kind of uh getting in on the Mm -hmm. on like the touring side uh, as far as because this is this your first full like u.s tour with Uh, other bands we did one we did one with body snatcher yeah uh, about four months ago yeah and that was that was our first full u.s that one was about a week longer than this run yeah but, yeah, um, very similar. Like this one, we're going up, starting in Florida, went up to New York, all the way out to California, and now we're making our way back across the country, and we're going to end in Florida. Uh, the one with Body Snatcher did the exact same thing; it just had yeah. like another week of it and a little bit smaller stretches. And so, with everything that's going on, so you guys are very hype right now. You have a lot of people that are talking about you, a lot of reaction channels doing your guys' mm-hmm. stuff. And so, like, what was the moment that you felt? Because there's a lot of bands going through exactly what you guys were initially um, doing. You're uh, kind of a local band for a few years, doing the stuff, putting out some music. But then what was the moment that things, after, like, the branding, like, the brand switch? Because even at that point, it wasn't guaranteed you guys were going to have success or anything. So after the brand switch and you guys started releasing stuff as Left the Suffer, what was the moment that it was like, oh, crap, people are actually paying attention to us? What do you think set that off? You, you know, I I think that maybe everybody's answer would be different and how they exactly feel was their moment. Um, <clears throat> but I do know, like, one thing that we approached with the band was we had to put the content out there in a way that was easy to absorb. And we were like laughing at all these memes that other bands were making with their music and seeing some of them go viral. And that's, you know, we had this clip in mind and put the ending breakdown of burden, our first song over it. And that meme alone is like a teaser got like 71,000 views. Like it went like not viral, but I mean, it did pretty damn well, especially for the first teaser a band ever puts out there. Right. You know, it, um, so I feel like that in general was just like already like, oh my God, we did the right thing. You know, we, yeah, definitely. we didn't, we didn't stick to what we were doing and then let it be our coffin. But 
there the one specific moment for me we got the opportunity to play a show called blood fest which was held at the epicenter in augusta georgia and this was opening up for the acacia strain and kubla khan and a couple of other really awesome bands and a bunch of like regional acts as well and so we got the chance to play for this and i mean we were still relatively diy we had backtracks but nothing like crazy in depth you know and we played on the floor and this sweaty ass venue with like no ac and just gave it our damn all man and um remember uh matt from kublicon came up like after the set talking to taylor and like told us like that was sick and we got something that we can hold on to and like we got to really work at it but like there's potential and i was like for real like like you're doing it man like you're you got it going on like you know what the fuck's up so like to hear that is like bro like people see it and they believe it it's just like oh shit like maybe it can happen yeah you know maybe maybe there is potential there and then i I won't forget they were playing the hammer that night and in in like one of the pauses ever said bitch he said for left to suffer motherfucker and it was just like the smoothest fucking thing and that uh Heck yeah that that definitely was a moment for me where i'm like all right like if someone like him like can see it and see that there's potential like i gotta not like be stuck in my own head like there's potential like do the right things you know right and so here moving forward is the like obviously you're releasing music this summer um the three songs but is it basically just try to tour as much as possible with bands that are relevant oh yeah i mean for sure we uh we have a couple of other things that we have planned for the rest of the year so we have another EP that we're going to be releasing before we release uh, or before we even go to the studio this summer. And um, I'm not sure exactly when those songs will get released from the summer, but we're going to focus on that EP release. Uh, put, that, put that out there, do a little headliner run on the East Coast and on the West Coast. Yeah. And then um, just really focus on writing a shit ton because we're going to be going to that studio to work with him and then as soon as those like uh, two weeks are done, we're actually going to a different studio to uh, work on some different material. Heck so yeah. we're going to try and like dip and dive our toes in as many areas as possible, you know, try to just constantly have stuff written and stockpiled and ready to put out there with names that we uh, respect and trust in the industry. Yeah. Definitely. But while trying to grind as much as possible and tour and just uh, get our name out there, get it, get ourselves seen. Yeah, and um, so far with so you guys have do, done two full U.S. runs, and you're still on one right now with Traders. But uh, mm-hmm. how are you um, acclimating to this more full time touring life? I mean, I, it's it's got its absolute like you know difficult parts. It's it's yeah. Not you just got engaged, didn't you? Yeah, absolutely. I did, and you know, it's we're gonna literally be coming back from a tour and I'm going to have about a week and then I'm going to be getting married <laughs> yeah. have about a week for a honeymoon. And then I'm going to be off to a different studio at the end of the year. Yeah. You know, it's, um, it's a very fast paced lifestyle. That's a little hard to keep up, but I think having someone in my corner that does support it, that does want it, that does see how much potential there is for these things to take off, you know, does make it a little bit easier. So far, what's you know, been uh, being out um, 
what's what's been the best part of it besides the shows besides the shows man <laughs> is that I, because it? for me for me the best thing is just like getting to interact with people like that's one thing that we do currently that i would like to do for as long as we can is like we run merch and that gives us a chance to sit down and talk to people and like connect face to face and to me that really is like that that makes every show like you could have been mad at your homie for something but then you could have someone come up and it's like bro y'all's music means so much to me and it's like all right i don't give a crap like, <laughs> any crap what i was just like bitching about right. like i am focused i am on cloud nine you know, you, you get all the validation and it feels amazing. But yeah. outside of that, man, uh, the food, I love <laughs> yeah, dude. new food, trying new places. <laughs> What's been and, the best uh, place so far? Man, th- this run, we sadly haven't gotten to do as much as I would like to. Uh-huh. Uh, this one has been a little bit hectic, especially with us. I feel like we've been a little bit more tired. So we've been sleeping at Love's gas stations more often. Yep. Um, but man, we had this um, sushi place the other day in Oxnard. I think that's where it Oxnard. was. Oxnard. Yeah, California. Oxnard, yeah. Oxnard, Oxnard, something like that. <laughs> and it was uh, a sushi place, and it was uh, it was pretty amazing. Yeah, it's it, pretty amazing. It feels I wish good. I could remember the name of it. I, I, it. Food really is one of like the main things on tour. That is just like. What am I going to do? I guess I'm going to eat and it feels good Uh and it's just time consuming because there's a lot of time to waste out there. There really is. Absolutely. We also wasted playing some Magic the Gathering. Oh, there you go. You can do that while eating. Oh, yep. (laughs) (laughs) Are you guys playing with physical cards or are you doing the, the game? Uh, we're, we're playing with physical cards, uh, but it's, it, it's like one of those things. You don't get as much time as you'd maybe like to. Right sit down and play but when you do it it is really fun yeah um jp is on this tour he's playing he's a bassist from prison he's playing bass for traders this run yeah and he is just an absolute wizard when it comes to uh, the cards man he uh <laughs> he, he came strapped with like 10 different decks that all have like five turn combos dang that are just that are just insane and his uh his knowledge is crazy so he's fun he's a fun adversary I got I got lucky that I wasn't into collectibles on tour because I'd have been finding the nearest game shop every day, and I'd be spending <laughs> right. all my per diem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, like I'm gonna need an advance on tomorrow's. Actually, I found a good find. Like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And now my problem uh, since um, the pandemic, I got really deep into bowling. Like very, very deep into bowling. Uh, oh, hell yeah. And so now going on tour, it's like every day I'm going to have to Uber to the nearest bowling alley. It's going to be my life. <laughs> Get a quick day, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for real. It's going to be the thing that keeps you going. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, magic <laughs> is fun. I mean, we always tried, like, we would, you know, rent the vehicles that have an Xbox in it or whatever, but it just never gets used. But doing, like, a, a right. game like that would, I feel like you'd play it more often. It, like I said, I, mean, I wish we could play it a little bit more, but, it's, yeah. but on the days when, load in super early we get there on time yeah. and uh you end up getting everything done early it's, it's nice there's pretty much nothing to do besides walk to a local place to get coffee buy to eat and then play a game i didn't even think about coffee i've never drank coffee in my life until recently and now on tour really? it's gonna be every day i'm oh no that's that's one of the things that i include in the food man the local yeah. coffee shops yeah. Like I, I used to love Dunkin' and Starbucks and stuff like that until I started having some 
local joints around you know the country it's like you can just find some amazing quality coffee out there that i'm i am now i'm excited for that but there goes more money i don't know man it's yeah, gonna get expensive <laughs> well if you're ever in asbury park there's a place right beside the venue that's maybe like one block up the road and they they've got amazing amazing coffee heck yeah and are you guys doing just like uh one of the um express fans like the 15 passengers um, well we have a yeah it's uh i think that's exactly what it is the chevy express yeah that's the yeah. way to do it it's um i think it's the 15 passengers the three row but we have yeah. one row taken out and we're using that as a bunk space but we don't have bunks currently made <laughs> so yeah. yeah right now it's just a uh, futon mattress and um a bunch of padding and that's where Heck we yeah. keep like all of our extra shit and our blankets until we space them out. And that's where people can always lay down and sleep if they need to. Definitely. That's where I'm at right now. Just bugging Christian, our basis. He's trying to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, and now with like uh, ever, every person on the planet having AirPods or something, I mean, everyone should be good. Oh, absolutely. Right. <laughs> And um, that's so that's necessary for us snoring. Like. Oh, for sure. <laughs> with um, with left to suffer sound and with just the scene in general, like, what do you think the like the real potential is? Do you see the what Knock Loose has recently done with being so insanely massive, something that's actually a possibility, or do you do you think that you'd be satisfied touring at like? this sort of level like with with traders and all that kind of stuff or do you see like actual potential like with how knock loose just kind of broke out um i definitely see the potential especially with some of the names we're going to start working with yeah. um i think that it's entirely possible to get it to that level to kind of just like break out of being just another band in the scene what do you what do you think sound wise would make it possible? Like, what do you think would make that possible for you guys? Uh, for us, probably diving a little more into like the catchy chaos, and so like what we call the alien flex riff that was in Loathe. That's like a fan favorite, and that's what I call like catchy chaos because it's just a bunch of pick scrapes in a row, but it uh it works and sounds cool and sounds fun. Yeah. And stuff like that, like creates earworms, but also that and um, just really powerful choruses. Uh, that's actually something that we have on our next track that's going to be on this coming EP. That the next song we release is going to have a really big chorus. Is it going to be like pitched yelled, or is it a screaming chorus or singing? It's like it's like uh, pitched yells. Okay. Yeah, I think I think for y'all's style, that's definitely the best route. That's and that's my favorite style of the kind of singing. I like stuff like Gojira. It's my favorite kind mm -hmm. of vocals. That it's a really aggressive singing, but it's basically a yell. So and, right, but it still has some melody to it, you know, for sure. Yeah, and is that something that you guys are doing? Um, like, not that you don't want to, but more so to try to have breakout moments like that, or are you? Is it? the style that you guys were wanting to go towards anyways we kind of just write whatever we like and don't necessarily try to fit it into a box and i feel like when we go to the studio this coming summer will be the first time we ever really try to fit ourselves in a box but that's because we're working with somebody 
that has kind of preset uh, uh, notions of what they're wanting out of it and like where we can take it and stuff like that. But I mean, we've always just kind of wrote whatever we enjoy. I mean, you know, we have that song like Wasted. Like that came from a very real experience and it was like just something that just kind of made itself. And that has like the almost like scream singing in it as well for the uh, chorus. You know, we have that song Depression, which has like the whisper singing kind of thing. Yeah. And right before the breakdown, like we've never really shied away from it. But we also I think the fear that we have more than anything is being put strictly into like the deathcore box. Right. We don't want to be just a deathcore band. We want to be able to play deathcore and be, have those influences yeah. and throw down and have it as heavy as the rest of them, but not have to be, oh, well, if they don't release a song that's insanely heavy, then it has no value. You know, have you know, just be able to write what we like. Like this, uh, like that next track that we're releasing is very melodic. It's uh, it's got the most melodic like guitar solo that I've ever had on it. And it's, it's got a bunch of harmonies built in it. It's, um, it's definitely something different. And that yeah. was not with even the intentions of writing something that was like a breakaway thing. It was just, we <laughs> started writing something and that's where it took, where it yeah. took itself. And do you, for me personally, I, I'm the a huge thing that, I kind of have an issue with in the in the state of the scene is so many bands that like it's good to have a course but it also I think it negatively impacts what like heavy music is to be so structured um and because if I can like hear the intro of a song and I can kind of guess okay this is going into a breakdown next then a course and then the verse and then another course like for heavy me- yeah for heavy music that really like bugs me um and you know i've i've done the songs like that as well but this last record i tried to really try to be completely unstructured while still having big powerful courses do you think that um with trying to grow outside of just being like a really heavy chaotic band do you are you worried that you guys might become too structured or are you trying to have a mixture of both i it's definitely a mixture and i think it is definitely something almost like not like an act of fear but like a concern for sure because don't want it to be too predicted and calculated and i mean that is something where even though with a lot of our stuff like on death that follows a pretty simple structure of almost everything is like an intro, a verse, uh, some form of like a pre-chorus or straight into a chorus, like a verse, a breakdown, chorus, breakdown, you know? And it's pretty much that, but the riffs aren't like, okay, here's this exact same riff again. This is, this is obviously the, the verse, you know, and stuff like that. The only time we did that was with like what we would consider choruses, yeah. And so I feel like it is like trying to keep it as structured without feeling as structured. And it's, so, a, it's a weird blend. Yeah, while writing something like that, how do you like how do you as a songwriter go about um doing that to where it doesn't sound so samey and so predictable? Like you said it's in the riffs, but like what about the riffs in the in each verse is like setting it apart? Uh I mean uh... Yeah, it's it's really weird, man. I mean, for like when I write by myself, 
I feel like I write too calculated and like too predictable. And then uh, when like the best writing is when we all sit down in a room together and pass the fiddle around. And when it's like that, I mean, sometimes it'll be like, all right, well, what kind of riffs do you got? And we'll just start with one person riffing out and like see what they got. And then sometimes it'll be like, oh, well, this sounds like it'll be a chorus for something. And then we'll like kind of reverse engineer from there, yeah. like how to get to that chorus. But uh, sometimes it's just building off of a vibe. I mean, like with the song that we're going to be releasing next that has all those textures, it just started off as like an intro. And then like we literally went like riff by riff and just took it throughout the whole song. And it just kind of, I, I don't know, it. It's like, I, I, I don't know that I think about it too much of like trying to keep it any one way or trying uh-huh. not to make it any one way, especially whenever we are all together. Definitely. You know, because we all do pass the guitar around and get our own ideas or someone will be like recording a riff and be like, one of us will be like, oh, well, what if you did like instead of a da da da, you know, right. and then we'll kind of like co-write together like that. Yeah, and, and small things like that end up making more of a difference than you would think to like lead into the next riff. Oh yeah, because like the weird little tail end that used to be there that made it feel like it was about to be like a straight jumpy part now swings and now feels like it could two step. Uh huh. Yeah, and that 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 really changes things a lot. We like to throw in the two steppy drums like all the time. But try not to like overplay it or never do it. Yeah. And I think it's, I do a thing where people submit music and I do these like public song reviews. And, mm-hmm. um, amateur bands, the biggest thing that you, that I personally can tell between an amateur band and a pro band is the transitions. And it's, um, you know, like making your riffs flow into each other or even just like proper drum fills. Uh, drum, right. The drum I mean, fills the, make a huge difference. And, the biggest difference, man. The yeah. biggest difference. I mean, even in our song "Overwhelming Power" that we just released, the um, the very last riff, like going into the uh, the big open section right before the guitar sweeps, um, that it, it like it ends as a weird phrasing that's technically different than the way it was played the first time, but the way the drums work, it just makes it feel like it's like normal like you can't really perceive it being any different but then we were like sitting there like analyzing it when we started getting ready for the music video and we're like oh wait that isn't what i thought it was it's not exactly the same right it does a little it does something a little bit different but the drums are doing this fill that just make it feel very similar yeah it's it's huge transitions are so massive and i i think that is something that it takes time and a lot of music, like writing a lot of different music to really learn how to properly do those transitions like that. And so, um, for sure, I, I was going to say, I even feel like we've not necessarily shot ourselves in the foot by any means, but we've almost set ourselves up for failure a time before where we get so used to using impacts and uh, transitional oh, yeah, like definitely. noises in our mixes for even uh, pre-production recording and writing um that sometimes you know you add a good enough impact it'll make it sound like it goes good but it doesn't like it was missed without it it wouldn't have transitioned to it as well but we almost always end up ditching those songs or just using the riffs from them to something later 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, post-production stuff is is so massive in the modern world that it, it yeah. you, you can completely change the feel of everything like that. Absolutely. And um yeah, and w- even with the vocals too. Um and your vocalist is a big aspect of a lot of your guys' hype and a lot of the stuff that people are, you know, chatting about with with Left to Suffer. Absolutely. And uh vocals really do carry carry a band to that next level. And so, yeah, I'm I'm interested to hear what like the pitch gels and everything start doing for you guys with these with these big choruses. Um, and did you feel that uh, reaction channels were a big aspect to to the band getting hype? Oh, absolutely. Um, I think maybe more so than reaction channels, I might have to credit TikTok. Yeah, because um, your vocalist was doing a lot of stuff on TikTok, wasn't he? Well, even beyond his personal, ow, uh, sorry, I had a cramp. Yeah. Uh, even beyond his personal use of TikTok, which immensely has helped. I mean, his personal following on TikTok is a lot larger than like our band's following on anything. You yeah. know, so even if not every post is about the band, anytime that he posts about the band, it's gonna just put that many more people onto it. That many in the eyes of that right. many more people. And it definitely helps. But there was this one trend that started and it happened on Loathe. And I, I mean, I can't remember the exact gist of it, but it was something like it started with this rap song and then it had like this weird transition. And then it went into the Alien Flex riff that I was talking about earlier. The that riff and the transition out of it, you would like throw up a pair of shoes or whatever or you do a kick and then when you came down in it and you were in like a completely different outfit it was like basically that meme like get you someone who can do both you oh, know gotcha. and it would have like both styles like a hip-hop style and like a you know like goth or emo kind of aesthetic yeah that's cool and, i mean uh, that that's really the goal of tiktok is to be on one of those random trends so yeah and we don't know where that started or where that came from but that alone got our uh song like a million uh uses on tiktok as a sound they're like holy shit like (laughs) what (laughs) yeah it hit a million on tiktok way before it hit a million on uh spotify yeah it's not even there on youtube you know (laughs) and that's like every conversation i have with artists on here tiktok always comes up as like one of the main like main things in the modern world and it's just such a strange platform to be so important for artists but yeah it, it just is what it is and it's because everyone uses it and everybody just mindlessly scrolls through it and it's so easy to consume content are, are on you it, doing you tiktok know? are you up on there yeah i'm on there i don't i don't do nearly as much i've only got about like six or seven thousand likes and probably like 30 videos or something like that what kind of tiktok videos you watch uh i personally uh don't watch a whole lot of tiktok i yeah. uh if it's mostly cats Oh, there you go. I like cats. <laughs> for me, for whatever reason, my Instagram just nonstop feeds me snowboarding videos. It's like <laughs> snowboarding all yeah, the time. Yeah, just nonstop snowboarding videos. But I'm I also sit there and watch them. So I mean, I guess that's why I <laughs> never. What snowboarded. I think is so what's so funny is like I don't feel like I have anything that's that off brand on anything besides Facebook and Facebook all the time. I'll get suggested um, memes in Spanish and I, I can't read Spanish. And I, I don't know any <laughs> Spanish and 
I'll check out the meme because I want to see if it's funny. And then every time I don't know what it says. <laughs> I'm like, Damn it. And then now it's become a thing where I just start getting recommended memes in Spanish. <laughs> and, uh, it's, yeah, it's pretty funny. But um, you should just all, start yeah, reposting them. Facebook's the only one that does that. Just start yeah. reposting them and really confuse everyone that knows you. <laughs> right they're gonna be like he's bilingual now i didn't know that good for him <laughs> <laughs> and um so with everything that you're doing um were you and your girl together before you started uh doing all this touring and before you started doing uh music more full-time uh yeah uh we we got together actually 420 is our anniversary but that was in the year of 2019 gotcha. so yeah, and so um, how's how's that like transition going? Because it is a it's a interesting thing to talk to you currently because you guys are in the transition right now of going right. from the uh, more of the local status to being like a bigger touring band. And so, how did that transition go for like your personal relationships? I mean, I I definitely don't want to lie. It was a little bit difficult at first. I feel like that first tour that we did um, was uh, a little bit difficult. You know, it was, uh, and by first tour, I mean like the first tour we ever did, which was even a smaller one. It was only like 16 days with a bro job and hunt the dinosaur. Yeah. That one was, that one was really rough, but that was the first time I was ever away, you know? And then after that we had COVID so we, I, you know, I'm stuck at the house. We end up getting cats, um, got our little family started basically with our kitties. And, um, then we went out and did our three day run with Lorna Shore. And I, I mean, th that was a, that was a hard one, but I feel like it, it was really necessary for that small little, like three day run just out of nowhere. And after COVID was like the perfect thing that was needed to kind of reacclimate both of us into this, you know, Yeah. with getting me back away from the house, uh, you know, making her be back on her own a little bit, you know, um, just not having someone there that's always there is very hard. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's, it's very difficult. And, uh, even for me before, like, and now I have a kid that's two years old, it's going to be very difficult to get out and do this. And so, um, do you think that so far that personal relationships has been the most difficult part about touring? Um, I definitely would say, I don't think that my personal relationship with my fiance has been the one that's like struggled the most or like really suffered the most, but like with my immediate family for sure, because I don't have the time that I need to, to be there for like my nephews. I have three different nephews yeah. that all are super active into baseball. And, you know, I'm just not able to be there for their games and do be there for the events that mean a lot to them. And I feel like, you know, that makes me like slip up as an uncle and things like that. You know, I'm not able to spend the time with, with my family the way maybe I should or necessarily need to. But, uh, it, I would definitely say that that from that aspect is definitely yeah. the hardest thing, man. It, it def it is difficult because it's it, it it's just so hard to be on the road, on the go, constantly talking to people, even with like the best interactions. You know, it just your social meter ends up getting worn thin and like worn out, and you physically get run down from being on the road and busting your ass for so long. And by the time you get back, you kind of like you know almost got like the 
post uh, tour blues, you yeah. know, and it, it and then you you spend however much time reacclimating, then you got to go back to work, get your money right, <laughs> yeah, then you're preparing for the next run, you and, know. <laughs> and what what was your the thing going into doing these longer runs and just touring in general that was uh, that caught you off guard or was that was the least expected thing that you know you think might be a big misconception about touring like what what did you see when you first went out that you were like i didn't really expect it to be like this right um you know i don't know that i necessarily had anything like that you were expecting a crapshoot like, right from the get-go. I, yeah, <laughs> man. Like I've, <laughs> I kind of was expecting it to be really hard, really stinky, really, really rough. Um, people kind of going off and doing their own thing really uh-huh. randomly, like losing people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like uh, I don't know. Like I really just expected it to be a lot more chaotic than it has been. But I feel like I've been incredibly fortunate. You know, with every band that we went on the road with people have been um very chill and have been very good um i i guess if anything it would be uh the attitude of the people that work at a venue and the people that run a venue (laughs) because you would think that hey we're here working for you and with you to make you money like we're hosting an event so that people can come make money at your step or give your establishment money and then they treat you like you're uh you you don't need to even be there. Like get the hell out of their door. The <laughs> set's over. Throw your shit out in the back alley. Right. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> that's that is uh my genuine one really weird thing. That yeah. I just I don't I don't get because yeah. we've had maybe four or five different occurrences now where people the venue was like, all right, your set's up. Like, yeah, you just got to throw it in the back alley. <laughs> we're like, that's not where we're parked. And they're like, yeah, I don't know. Like, just pull up. It's like, there's, it's a full parking lot and, and attached to the alley. Like, you can't get in there and get out. Like, what? So then you got to, like, take your gear across the road in the freezing cold, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's, like, struggling because you're sweating to death, but now it's freezing cold outside. Doesn't matter if it's raining I- either. You better walk that crap half a mile to your van. <laughs> <laughs> yep yep you gotta figure it out that's your job you yeah. already played get out yeah <laughs> that's, and um, I, I do i feel that too i've talked about that same exact thing on this podcast to people it's to me it's always um band members crew and then venue staff that are the, the absolute worst it's always the band people are totally chill totally fine um right. but if you guys get on some tour with like some uh like more like a mainstream metal band that maybe was on the radio in the nineties. Wait till you deal oh. with their crew. <laughs> oh, their crew is going to think they're the top shit. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's rough, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm ready for it though. Like that's see for me, that's the thing that I expect. I expect attitudes. I expect people to be uh-huh. hot. I expect, um, this whole thing to be like uncomfortable and smelly. And how, how and old it, are you? It, I'm 27. Yeah. Yeah, and so, I think I, that's nice to be to be getting in at like that age. Like, I I really do feel like a a big problem that a lot of people have in the music world is getting in way too young before they have literally anything else in life figured out. And so, right, I feel that's a very good age to be able to mentally be able to handle this kind of stuff because you aren't going into it starry eyed. 
you're going into it realistic, like a 27 year old would rather than an 18 year old <laughs> would. Oh, absolutely. You know. No, if I went into this thing at 20 years old, I wouldn't have made it out alive. <laughs> I, would drink, I probably would drink myself into a hole. I would have lost my mind. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> that was a hard enough time just existing, you know, like uh-huh. I definitely, definitely. This is uh, my prime time to be getting into it, which is funny because it's not my prime time for my back. You know, <laughs> <laughs> No, and and I I've I haven't watched any live videos of you guys yet, but I've seen p- plenty of pictures, and you definitely seem like you get it pretty good. Oh, dude, we uh we throw down. We try to make it uh, as enjoyable and rememberable like every show, and right. just I think that's when it does suck is when you're given what feels like a hundred percent, and then you watch the videos and you're like, oh my god, that was maybe <laughs> fifty at best. But why am I so tired? Yeah. Oh, actually, I remember actually at the show that we did with you guys um, with Ginger in Atlanta, and mm-hmm. just thinking about crew band crews, I one of you guys accidentally like knocked over a ginger light or something, one that was on the stage. <laughs> yeah, that was me. And that dude, that dude was freaking out. And that dude, we had an absolute nightmare with on that tour, the entire tour. It it almost gotten to all like altercation status on that tour. And so, wow. yeah, even you guys had a situation on that show. It was every day was like that. It didn't matter who it was. <laughs> oh my god. He was finding someone. He started putting tape on the stage like don't walk right here and you know all this kind of stuff well, which that well what actually happened was he was very particular about not stepping on his damn lights that his damn lights were more expensive than our entire rig and uh-huh. and we're they're way more important than us and we're like okay you're not wrong but you don't have to be asked <laughs> but like, <laughs> you don't have to let me know just because it's true oh, know, we had the same conversation that. trust me <laughs> <laughs> and then he had it like boxed off and everything and i was trying to throw down and i accidentally like started to step on it so i threw myself back and that made me fall on my amp, which like fell onto Sumo Psycho's amp, or and that fell onto like Ginger's amp. It was like oh. a domino effect, <laughs> and none of them fell over and like fell to the ground. Everything was still connected. There was absolutely no damage, from what I understand. But yeah, he was pretty furious, and he had some pretty choice words with me, and said some pretty not not nice things that uh, made me like about lose my brain yeah (laughs) (laughs) that that's like that that was that's just a perfect example of these crew dudes that just really don't get it like a lot of these dudes they they were never in bands themselves maybe he never performed on stage and he's just an absolute prick to everyone about everything because trust me we had situations on that tour where not even something like that happened and he was blown up screaming his head off and i just remember at that show watching him do that and like you see how big all the dudes in that band are? Like, <laughs> you might not be acting like that right now. Yeah, you might better. Well, <laughs> see, if our manager, Jeff, didn't work at the Masquerade, and oh, we yeah, weren't such a new band, and this was like <laughs> such a pivotal show for us, and we didn't want to make a bad name, I probably would have been a little more reckless. <laughs> but um, I was just sitting there, like, twitching. Like, I don't, uh-huh. I, don't I don't know what to do. My body's telling me to do the thing I know I can. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And, but uh, I, I, I'm not glad that he was like that towards y'all, but I'm glad that I wasn't the only one. That uh, I wasn't just some special case. I was like, man, this guy just really hated me. 
<laughs> yeah, no, we 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 did not have a good time, and that that tour is just another example of those. Because I mean, Ginger is very very successful band, and so they hire these Absolutely. successful crew people too. And these dudes have worked for whatever rock band and that was on the radio, and whatever, and they just they really do kind of ruin it at times, and. So, uh, but you guys right now are torn with a lot of bands that are more in the, in the scene that we all probably grew up in and everyone's super humble. And that's what, one thing I love about deathcore and, uh, hardcore and all that is the people are way more humble. It doesn't matter how big they are. Right. Everybody's a homie, you know, Yeah. everybody's, uh, wants to have a good vibe. Nobody wants to put each other down because. Probably because we've all been put down by some asshole like that who has more radio play, you know? Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and um, the going forward, uh, you guys doing headliners and all that kind of stuff, for me, some of my favorite and most memorable moments through the career was us doing headliners where it was like only local openers. Um, it's just the the locals really do bring a lot of people out. I think there should be more appreciation right. for local bands, personally. Um, and so you guys, you said you're going to do an East coast run and a West coast run. Are you guys going to bring other touring bands out or are you going to be? Yes. Yeah, so yeah. we do have, uh, bands that we plan on. Um, I don't know if I should, no really, spoilers, uh, no spoilers. Well, I, I don't want to spoil our direct support co-headliner. Yeah. You know, they're, uh, they're one that we were very fortunate to get on it. And, uh, I think it's a pretty cool. Name Knocked to... loose. I'm calling it. <laughs> Knocked loose direct support. Uh, that would be insane. No, <laughs> they, I don't, I don't think we could afford that, but <laughs> it's still, it's still a cool one. And, uh, we're taking uh, one of our buddy bands mouth for war yeah. out on one side and uh backslide out. And they're from, uh, like the Augusta, Georgia area. Sweet. Yeah, that that's always so a good thing to do. Is they're hook both up the more movies. like, yeah, well, yeah, they're both more like regional bands that haven't really broken out like that, but are grinding really hard, like just working their ass off and put on a hell of a show. And that's what's important, especially in the scene. Like, and it is almost at, at a lot of these shows, it doesn't matter who the band is, as long as it makes the crowd pop off. You know, that's all the crowd's there Absolutely. for. Absolutely. Then everybody's gonna be asking who that band was. Mm-hmm. And what? What show? I mean, did you guys do a lot of shows um, at Masquerade opening for uh, a lot of big packages? Um, I wouldn't say a lot, but we did get to open up for Emir and Stick to Your Guns on one tour they did. We did get to open up for After the Burial and uh, the Acacia Strain on their 10 year anniversary tour. Uh, it was, uh, I think, Wormwood. And, um, gotcha, yeah. And, uh, I can't remember the after the burial name uh, album right now, but it was both uh, two ten year anniversaries. Um, constant, yeah. Uh, do you remember? Were there any other big big venue or I mean shows we played at the Masquerade, like for big touring packages? Lorna Lorna Shore. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. And and then going into doing all this stuff, is that something you guys are going to continue to do? Like if you're home from tour, are you going to try to hop on packages that are there or are you more so just sticking to shows on tour now? Um, I think that currently it's just kind of sticking to the toe, to the yeah. shows on, to the toes on shore, <laughs> to the shows on tour and uh, getting those big ones out and like drawing people in for that because we've never wanted to oversaturate too much in yeah. the local area. And, and that's uh, one thing that's been on like 
Jeff's in is he's always had this idea of kind of like funneling yourself around out throughout the area. That way people draw in and centralize to where you're from. Yeah. And so we've always played a lot of like panhandle of Florida shows, shows in uh, like North and South Carolina areas like that. Did you guys have a, a good following in Atlanta before you started doing all this before you blew up online? Um, I mean, lost at last really didn't have a, have a huge following. No, it wasn't crazy. Yeah. I think that, uh, Taylor had a pretty good, like internet persona at the time already. You know, he wasn't on uh TikTok or anything like that, but I feel like he had a lot of followers on Facebook, just people that were interested in, in his daily life from him posting videos of, yeah. um, him screaming and like pick squeals and breakdowns and uh, all kinds of uh what you call it facebook groups like that so i think that that did help but i it, it was nowhere like this it was definitely like we we started out the gate and people kind of were more into it than we expected yeah and everything just kind of like was always more than we ever <laughs> expected it was yeah. just like abundantly beautiful Heck you yeah. know and uh, yeah because i was that's what i was curious about because you guys weren't really around for much before uh, everything no. really started popping and so like for me hometown shows are kansas city but like really i'd i'd much rather be playing elsewhere we don't really have like a hometown following but i feel obligated to play there but right lucky for you guys atlanta's a good market anyway so absolutely yeah one of the best definitely and um yeah, so what what are you guys about to be doing right now? You mean immediately after tour? No, like right now. In the van. Right Do you now. still drive? In the van right now. Right now we're pulled over. I think that uh Peter had to use the potty. Well, same. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if his uh driving shift is over yet or not. Okay. You guys Taylor, doing shifts no, then? Not a, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh we all drive and we try to do about a two and a two and a half hour shift at a time. Uh, yeah. last night, Peter did like an hour of it and yeah. was super tired and I was his co-pilot and I crashed out. So <laughs> the co-pilot uh, has the worst job because it's he, like, you're supposed to stay up, but no one ever does. It's impossible. No. Is it his <laughs> turn? So right now I'm actively trying to wake up Chris. Oh, there you go. He, he's big sleepy. <laughs> Definitely. This is the worst part. Yep. It's like the only time you hate your friends. <laughs> You're waking me up to have to do shit. Right. <laughs> awesome. Well, I appreciate you talking to me, Spinch, and I'm I'm definitely going to be checking out all the stuff you guys are going to be dropping, and everyone needs to be checking out Left to Suffer because I really do think you guys are going to be the the big name that really does pop off here soon in, in that deathcore, hardcore scene. So, Well, dude, I appreciate that so fucking much, man. Like, for real, thank you for having me, and taking the time to listen to me talk and made me feel made me feel important heck yeah i'll talk i'll talk to anyone with a southern accent all day anytime <laughs> hell yeah well, i'm glad i could i'm glad i could help there, out there yeah all right i'll talk to you here soon man i appreciate you all right man i appreciate you too yeah peace it easy. Right.